we fill it? So you'll spill it. What will it be tonight? Red or white? A Zana blender burgundy. Drink wine. Spill tea. Hey everyone, I'm Jamie. And I'm CJ. And this is Drink, Drink Wine, Spill tea. tea. The podcast where we talk about anything and everything, but with a sense of humor. So, pour yourself a glass of wine. Put in your AirPods. And let's spill some tea. Clank. Clank. Our co-host for this episode is none other than the Brian Blasky, the man who wrote our jingle for Drink Wine Spill Tea. And by wrote our jingle, we literally mean like fully composed and a musical for yeah. our jingle. Like we have an entire musical called Drink Wine Spill Tea. Full orchestrations, like like Jason Robert Brown, like yeah. Composition, like truly. Yeah, the new JRB is standing or sitting, recording right. before or you. Recording with us. So thank you so much for writing a jingle that captures the essence of our podcast. Um, we asked him to write it like literally two weeks before we had our first three episodes. Yeah, I remember texting Brian and was like, "So, can you write a theme song?" For my podcast, and we need it in like a week, but like preferably less. And he was like, yeah, hang on one sec. And then sent the lyrics and was like, I'll get you the music by tomorrow. As like a gift. A gift. And like our theme song is worth millions. So thank you. We just really want to say thank you. Yeah. He sent over the tracks with vocals, without vocals, and all the instruments. So Brian, seriously, thank you so much. So you're allowed to speak now. Yeah, yeah. you can talk really about No, I like I like that you're just talking about me. <laughs> and that uh, it's all complimentary. Yeah. It is. And you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. I, Do you feel like we announced you at like a concert? Yeah. And now uh, Brian Velasquez. Yeah. For one night and one night only. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one night only for sure. Like, I'm not coming to Sunnyside again. <laughs> yeah, right. I would. Walking here, th- so I live in Astoria, walking to Sunnyside through, like, the weird little, like, non-residential area was terrifying. There's a non-residential area. Yeah, it's a there's, little sketchy. There's just, like, there's the little border behind, it's behind my grocery store, so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to the grocery store, then just keep going. But then there's this weird, like, dark street, hardly any street lamps. And people are just like sitting in that their parked windy cars. One. Yeah, the windy one. They're <laughs> they're just sitting in their cars, and the cars are just on. And I'm thinking, there's no, they're not parked by anything. There's nothing close. What do you do here? It's Drugs or sex. Teenagers trying to have sex. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Truly. yeah. Well, I didn't do that as a teenager. <laughs> I was a very good, wholesome boy. Yeah. I was Aww. too. I'm no, I'm just kidding. I know, me, me too. But my dad yelled at me for the content of this podcast. <laughs> I do appease him. Oh, oh yeah. well then he said we said fuck too many times. Well then dad g- goodbye. <laughs> he also said no, I liked how you guys made fun of me. <laughs> he was like, but of course your mom is perfect. I was like, when did he and say And you know what, Bert, we're doing it again. Yeah, you drink Bud Light with ice, Dad. Oh, that sounds good. Are you what? kidding me? I mean I like Bud Light and I like cold. You like Bud Light? I'm from Ohio. Wait, I'm from Ohio! You are from Kentucky, okay. Clayton! <laughs> I am. I'm from Kentucky, but I'm from the Cincinnati area. Yeah, that's not Ohio. <laughs> but the greater, I'm from. Are you from like Louisville? No, I'm thinking like Louisville. Oh, the attitude when <laughs> you said no to Louisville? I'm not even from Louisville and I'm mad on their behalf. Well, you can tell them that I'm right, but I'm from like the literal northern tip. Like I could walk to Cincinnati. So, today we are drinking a rosé by Dark Horse. It's, the bottle says dry, bright, crisp, which is also what my Tinder bio says. <laughs> That's why I swiped left. <laughs> oh, okay. You're, there we go. Thank we you, Dark Horse. Fired. Yeah, thank you, Dark Horse. This is really good. Okay, so Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, we want to know. We well, let's talk know. about, like, Brian, talk about how we met. Okay. Well, l- you did that on Manny's episode. No, I didn't, so I'll tell you guys. <laughs> you did. You. Oh, I feel Manny. competition between you and Manny. Well, I'm there, loving it. There's not competition except for the fact that 
I'm better than he. (laughs) In certain things. No, actually, Manny's uh, just, like, amazing. I can't. It makes me so. All right, we, we don't want to hear about the. I don't know. I don't know how I got shit. to become friends with Manny. It's not fair. To we'll get me. there. We don't either. Okay, great. But he Brian and I. Yeah. <laughs> great. Remember, he talked about how I was diseased on his episode, that's, and here I am talking about how nice he is. That's this Brian. Fucking in asshole. Manny's episode, Star Wars meets Sex Ed. The Brian with the diseases. That's him right here. <laughs> Fuck you. you guys. So we all know. But Brian. With the diseases in the flesh. But here, Brian. Literally in the flesh. I'm trying to move on, you guys. <laughs> But Brian and I met um, when we did a Winterfest show together. We did Alien vs. Musical together, and he was the MD for that production, the music director for that production. And it was super fun. And he was the guy who I was talking about on the opening night party, and I was like, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, can I like talk to you for a second? And then I was like, oh, I talked about my nipples too much. I knew it. And, and that's said, when I knew. Yeah. He was like, I... I, I would think you I'm come and Brian, did she talk about her nipples too much? Honestly, don't remember that. I think you I wasn't remember. even talking with you. You would remember. I think I was talking with other people because they're more fun. And then <laughs> I found you and I said, hey, Miss Thing, I got a question. Because I was yeah. yelling at about the people probably about my nipples. Yeah, she was probably talking about her nipples to the other people. Yelling at everyone there and you're like, I guess I'll talk to you. My nipples are so hard! No! No, only when it's cold. You ask people to feel your nipples. I only did that a couple times. And they're different textures, so I think it's interesting. (laughs) Like, nobody wants to just, like, feel your nipple. People did, I'll tell you that. Anyway, so that's how we met. And then, so I worked with him as a music director. And then worked with him again as a writer and not my music director. Which is super dope. Yeah, it was different for sure. I still went to Brian for, I was like, okay, so like musically. He was like, I'm a writer. And I was like, but musically. And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a very delicate thing when it comes to like any type of work work in this industry and collaboration. You've got to make sure that everybody, you don't step on anybody's toes. Everybody has their job. And it's so, what I found during that whole process, it is so much easier to delegate tasks uh, when you do get to hire somebody like a music director. So I could say, don't talk to me about that. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Or or what it was most likely, it's like, that's not my decision. It's somebody else's decision. You can't talk to me. I have a and question. it's so nice, even though I had thoughts. Right, right, right. I can't say them. I and have, it's freeing. As a writer watching somebody else make the decisions about what you wrote, how was that? Um, It's actually... It's not as big of a thing as you think. Uh, Because we're doing the writing of it, that's one aspect of it. Like, I I think of theater as very much a collaborative effort, and the writing is one equal part to the direction, music direction, orchestration, lighting, set, costume, acting, whatever. And this is just my version of it. So, as a writer... I'm like, whatever. Yes, there's some things that I want to maybe clarify to my director or my music director. We're not allowed to talk to the actors. Really? No. Oh, I broke that rule all the time. I was like, Brian! Yeah, but did you notice that I never came to you? (gasps) I never initiated. Any note that I would have, I have to go through my directors. One, because out of respect to the hierarchy. And two, because that's just... Wait, no. I you came to me once. You came to me once when you're like, Jamie, that's not the line. This is the line. Because I was saying... Well, that's because you were fucking up I'm his a, words. I was. Right. I, could, I made a mistake. It was one word. It was one word. He wanted you to say And then I fixed correctly. it and I never made that mistake again. Correcting is different from directing. Ooh. But you were right. Right, I could say Get you're saying this word wrong. Get that stab. <laughs> but but for realsies, like if I'm music directing a show, I don't want the composer giving notes to my actors. Oh, for because sure. music directing is a very different type of mindset. I'm and I and I'm directing the actors in a very different way. So we're working on something, right? I just taught you the music, or I taught you the music yesterday, and you're doing your little like little fa la 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 thing, mm-hmm. and now we're in choreography, and you're learning steps or something. And because of that, you are thinking about steps. You're not thinking about the music direction I gave you. So maybe you drop a word. Maybe you drop something. You drop a melody or you miss your harmony or your cutoff isn't correct. 
and the composer is going to go up to you and be like, hey, you missed your blah, 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 whatever. That's not right. I, as a music director, know you're not in a position to be working on music because you're learning choreography. And then you got to go back to music and then you got to go back to choreography. And as you marry the two as an actor, you'll get back to what we wanted. But the composer's over there sitting like, you said something wrong. <laughs> oh my God. I never truly noticed that I was always the one coming up to you. Yeah, I, well, and it's not like I had, girl, I had notes. I had Especially notes for, for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I had notes for you. But there was one time, and I this might be tea. I don't know. This is this well, podcast you know is you're called gonna, yeah, you're gonna Drink Wine, Spill Tea. We can't talk about tea. On we can podcast. talk about it now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, no. So there was one moment. Obviously, I had some frustrations during some rewrites about this one particular scene. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the actors, correcting. I was correcting a line that he had missed. We know and, it's a boy. Okay, yeah, well, it's a four-person cast. 50, like 50 shot. Like, take a shot in the dark. Yeah. Um, and I went to correct that. And this was all during, like, a very tense week of re- heavy rewrites and uh, uh, a backdoor conversation between me, Manny, and our director. And the, direct, the optics from the director's perspective was that I was directing the actor. I'm not allowed to do that. That's not my job. Right? Oh. Okay. Her, it is her job to direct. That's what she's there for. She, and she has, just like I as a music director, had a bigger vision about what's going on and where the actors are in their process. So does she. So she thought that I was directing on her behalf and she goes, did you just direct my actor? <gasps> oh. And very, But rightfully so. She had abs- absolutely every right to be like, don't you do that. But also I was like, no, 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 I just corrected a line. So that's what I'm saying is you cannot, you cannot... You cannot step over this hierarchy. Wow. Don't you do it. I wish that more people thought that way. It's fascinating. Like so many people step over the hierarchy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... And that's why those people don't work. Ooh. Ooh! And there's the cheese. And that's the tea. Before we even got to it. I know. Seriously, wow. though. Like, stop... Like, understand your roles. It's also just like, it takes so much weight off. You're not over there thinking... Well, maybe you are. Were you? What? Oh Ask God. me. I'll tell were you, you the truth. Were you trying to rewrite the show in your head? God, no. Yeah, Here's the thing. What I'm good at. CJ, no. tell me what's up. Tell me what's up. There was, CJ's there was a no big, fat fucking liar. <laughs> I'm just an instigator. Fucking Bert. Fucking. Listen. Because he thinks <laughs> we said the F word too many times. Um, and Jamie said, I've never said the F word on this podcast. Here's the deal. I'm, I am the first to admit writing, rewriting, all that kind of stuff, that's not my wheelhouse. I'm the kind of person, you give me a script, put the words in front of me, and I will figure out how to make them work and how to make them funny. Yes, because you're an actor. Yeah. Like, that's what we were trained to do. That's my job. That's my job to take a script and to make it work and to make it... Will you tell your other actors that? We've been in more bad shows than good. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? So, (laughs) tea about this rewrite, okay? So... There's this one scene that Manny and I were struggling to to write and struggling to get across in this production um, that had been rewritten and rewritten and rewritten and eventually cut, P.S. Um, but it was our callback side. And all the actors that came in for the callback, they would do the scene. It would be great. Our director would redirect them. It would be great again. Everybody, literally everybody, hit every beat in that scene perfectly with all the correct subtext and all the right type of energy and interpretation. Yet when it comes to production, that scene is not working and therefore it falls on the writers to rewrite. That's another question of like, do you work hard and get your actors to understand what's in the script or do you just like, you don't fucking get out and then rewrite that? Well, this is the thing. If for a callback, it'd be like, you don't get it, goodbye. You don't get it. You don't see it. You don't. You don't think of it in the same way. The way that you were describing how actors look at lines. You this like you don't get it. Goodbye. Peace. Have a great time. I hope the train door doesn't hit you on your ass in the way. <laughs> yeah. Howevs, when both of these actors got it, and then the situation gets together when it's in context, whatever. It's like it's not working. Then does it fall on us to rewrite, or is it like, what, what's missing? What's the issue? You There's almost I mean? the exact opposite. At least in my experience, what I learned in college, like you don't 
change something because it doesn't work for you. You figure it out and you learn how to make it work. That's what I don't understand about some of the mentalities that are happening because you you are given a script and that that you're given a job. And yes, if there's one line that you're like, you know what, it would make more sense if this was because my character's journey, A, B, and C, D, E, F, G. Like you gave all Big of these. Journey. Yeah. yeah. If you Lots give these lines. reasons and you're like, you know what, okay, if it's like one line or one word, but ultimately if there's like a whole scene where you're like, you know what, this doesn't work for me. Unless it's a very new work, a very collaborative thing, I really don't understand because at least for assistance, we were given a script and I will say the script we were given for our first read through is 100 times different than the script we were given for our rehearsal process and then our show but like the whole fun I think of acting is figuring out how it works for the show and how you will say these things for the scene that's all the fun you take this character and the script and you and you make sense of it really quick I think that we need to drink a little bit more because I'm out of wine and uh, Brian's now out of wine and Jamie's almost out of wine. And since we're no, you're up mostly our... with melted ice. Yeah, gross. how dare you? Yeah, gaslight the her. tea. Gaslight this bitch. The tea is that Jamie drinks her wine with ice. I know. I have to. I hate. Oh, hefty pour too. Oh my god. I have some more in mine. Jesus. I hate warm or hot drinks that's disgusting and i hate them well since okay. we poured more can we i want to do like a drinking game we Great. brian we always do a drinking game on each episode as i've heard yeah and the one that so and we really did make the mistake of like telling manny like what we were gonna say before we yeah your whole it. thing was like answer these questions within a minute but Annie know. already and Manny he had knew the, the questions because we wrote them yeah. on the we, we you know we learn from our mistakes it's a growing curve a growing curve. It's a learning curve. It's but a learning whatever. Curve. Fuck that. I do love a, a growing curve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where did, when are we gonna start talking about I that? I love that. Let's talk about growing curves. Oh my god, I'm dead. Okay, but wait, so this drinking game. So we're gonna play Would You Rather? And oh, those are questions okay. that uh, Jamie came up with, and they're great. They're great questions. Thank you. And we're gonna time you. We so are. So you're gonna going have to 45 you. seconds. Okay. To fit to answer all these questions, there are seven questions. Great. And they're all "Would you rather?" Um, if you get through all of the questions, then we drink, and if you don't, you drink. Within the forty-five second time limit. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically beat the time. Yeah. Great. But we're gonna drink either way, right? Yeah. I mean, like throughout okay. the episode for sure. Great, 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 great. Okay, so Jamie, would you like to read the questions and I'll time? I'd be honored. Ready? Starting now. Would you rather wake up early or stay up late? Stay up late. Would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night or sweat maple syrup? Uh, hair because I'm bald. Would you rather <laughs> live without internet or live without AC and heating? Um, live without internet because I have fans. Would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? Wait, go back. Fix that last one. I would rather live without the AC because I have fans. Okay, great. I'd need the internet because otherwise how am I going to hook up with anybody? Continue. Would you ah! rather be covered in, in fur or covered in scales? Fur. If there's no uh, heating, I'm going to need that. Would you rather be able to control fire or water? Ooh, fire. I'm already flaming. Would you rather never lose your phone again or never lose your keys again? I never lose either, so this is moot. Keep going. Would you rather drink wine or tea? Wine. So that was 53 seconds. Oh, you loser! No, no. You... Loser. Okay, so Brian, I have a question. All right. Um, Jamie tells me you work for AMDA. Yes. Okay, can you, like, tell us a little bit about that? Like, what do you do there? And, yeah, just, like, <laughs> what, what's, what's your job? Uh, I play piano for uh, musical theater classes, and I teach a theater analysis class. They call it practicum, but it's my favorite class. It's... It, and I and I morph it into a, like a critical thinking analysis class. I I love it so much. Um, this is why my voice. If you can tell my voice is gone, is because I gave two lectures yesterday. Lecture. It's so 
fun. You know what we did? Prof. Brian. Have you ever talked about me in that class? Sure. Absolutely not. But a lot of those kids... <laughs> what do I have to say about you? I don't know. You talked about how I said one line. No, I have talked about that several times, actually. I didn't say your <gasps> I told you guys! You're screaming. I did. I do talk about how you interpreted one of Manny's jokes very well. And added laughs. So you said it, but you told people in your class that, like, that was like an example. I was like, that that this is an example of an actor's interpretation of material that, that strengthens it. <gasps> I love that. You okay. guys, but I'm part of a lecture. Because what I, what I teach let it in my go, though, let it go. Yeah, it's all about my my class is about interpreting work in whatever way you're oh. positioned to be a part of it, whether it becomes an actor. Set designer, costume designer, lighting, oh, I love that. whatever. Yeah. It's a great class. It's a great. Oh, you'd love my class. We watched Jennifer Hudson sing, yes! and I'm telling you, I'm not going from oh, Dreamgirls. And you were screaming. What basically won her an Oscar, and we just like ripped it apart. Not ripped it apart in a bad way. We like we analyzed it. Analyzed. We said, what did you notice? A we noticed analysis. these choices by the actors because it's not just her. You got Jamie Foxx in the scene playing Curtis. Oh. We know we talked about the costumes. We talked about the hair and the makeup. We talked about the lighting. We talked about the editing, the cinematography, the shot composition. We talked about the orchestration. We talked about the lyric. We the the set design, everything, and it opens up my students into this world of collaboration and how many different people are working on a particular moment, and hopefully by then they don't feel like they have to communicate everything with one line. Do you find that musical theater students generally come to school with an adequate amount of knowledge on musical theater before they start college? Start, excuse me, start college. <laughs> she college. Grew up, she grew up in New York. College. Before they start college. Before they start college. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, absolutely not. I completely yeah. agree. Absolutely not, and you know why? It, it's it's no fault of their own. It's that the arts funding keeps getting cut. Right. And what we're noticing now, from the last like twenty years, is that this the generation of students coming in are the ones who have suffered from the public schools' lack of arts education. They're not as aware of what's out there. They're not as familiar with it. They're not as exposed to it. They don't have an opportunity for it. When I was growing up, we had our school district change from subsidized uh, arts extracurriculars to what was called pay to play. And it was, it, it included athletics. If you were a part of the football team or if you were a part of the corral, like I was, you had to pay a fee, whatever it was. Right. Okay. Like that's how the school funded it. Um, but then there were some people who, who couldn't afford that fee to participate in it, so then they weren't available, or they, or they weren't able to take advantage of that education. Right. Um, and that's and that's what we're seeing now is that there, we're seeing students who love theater, who have a passion for theater, musical theater, acting for film and TV or whatever it is, but they they suffer from not the from not having the exposure. So is it their fault that they don't know who Patti Lapone is? No. But should they know who Patti Lapone is? No. It just like fucking sucks. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, like it's. But like, do they know who the their fucking football quarterback is? Sure, they do. Yeah, to follow up with that, do you think that students leave with an adequate amount of knowledge from college? Like, do you think that they leave with the amount of knowledge that they should? Um, and it depends on the student. I think that where the student goes to school is by and large irrelevant. Um, Thank God. Where, where you go makes no difference. Um, it's what you put into it and what you can get out of it. Sure. I think every school hires qualified, amazing instructors and every school, especially if you're doing like a musical theater program, every school is going to have somebody that's worked Broadway, film, or TV in some way or has been close to it or has like worked and knows their shit. You're always going to get the 18-year-old student who is still in the mindset of high school that's going to do the bare minimum to get by. But you're also going to get the 23-year-old who's going back to school to learn more about the craft. Right. And that's they're going to do and they're going to get the same education, but the person who's in a mindset of reception is going to be able to glean so much more out of what the uh, program is providing than the person who is just 
doing this because this is the next step. Right. I get I my students run the gambit. I get a lot of students who have who struggle with um, attendance because for them this just isn't the passion that it is for somebody who is uprooting their life. Where did and you so, go for your undergrad? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. So my undergrad was in liberal arts. I went to this school called Denison, which is in Ohio. It's the it's the most magical place on earth. We have to talk about this really quick because Jamie told me you went to Denison, and I almost went to Denison for. Why undergrad. didn't you go? So here's here's like you the made whole a huge story. mistake. I agree, and also so my dad went to Denison. For undergrad. I love your dad. Yeah, right? And also, my brother went to Denison for undergrad and then coached at Denison until this past year. Who's your brother? Bert Bathiani. He's a football coach. He is the defensive line coordinator. I hope I said that right. <laughs> oh, okay. The head coach that, okay, so I, I knew who the head coach was and I know the, the head of athletics, which is Nan. Yes, we know Nan. Uh, we know Nan. Who doesn't know we Nan? Know we Nan. love She's Nan. Oh, uh, and she, uh, Nan Carney DeBoard. It's so <laughs> fucking She's a star. Crazy. She really is. She's wonderful. But okay. he, so yeah, so my, my dad went there and then he went, he went there for undergrad. And then my brother went to Ohio Northern for a year and then transferred to Denison. Smart um, move. Right. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then he came back as a football coach. And oh, that's so It's really cute, cute, right? And so his... I can't handle it. It's so fucking cute. It's very cute. cute. And the funny thing is, is that... So my mom grew up like 10 minutes from Denison, <gasps> but my dad grew up in Cincinnati. But so they like switched places. So it was cute. So like my grandparents always lived like 10 minutes away from my nieces and my nephew. Um, so they got to like grow up with them and stuff. So the whole the whole Denison experience, and you didn't go very close to my heart. No, I didn't because so the reason is is that I fell in love with the school. I loved it, and I I really wanted a BFA in musical theater. I wanted specifically like the musical theater aspect of it. And while and Denison does not have musical it, it theater. doesn't it doesn't and they do a lot of musicals. And they do a lot of shows, from what I remember from when we toured. But, um, and I loved the fact that I was, like, a double legacy. I loved that it was, like, going to where I grew up, like, visiting as, like, my my dad's son and, like, my brother's brother, whatever. And, that but... like a great play. My brother's brother. It kind of does. Um, I want to write that play. Talk about my relationship with my brothers. Okay, how can, can I be in it? No, it's okay. about brothers. Jamie. Do you I, want to play my brother? Jamie. I'm the sister that was never loved. Jamie. Yeah? Manny and I want to write you into every show we ever do. God, I'm really? exhausted. I'm exhausted. <gasps> okay, I can be the weird cousin that's like, hey guys, or like the weird sister. I do have a weird cousin that's like, hey guys. That's me. I'm the weird you cousin. You kind of look like her. Thank you so much. My cousin actually, fun fact, really quickly, my cousin texted me today. I was like, hey. That iPhone 6 that you left at your parents' house, can I sell that? And I was like, oh, you mean the one that I peed on? Yeah, when accidentally, she peed on her phone. The one phone. that I peed on when I accidentally dropped it in the toilet when I was drunk? Yeah, you can sell that. And he was like, wait, is that sticky stuff on the back of your phone pee? And I was like, probably. And he was like, ugh. And I was like, can I get 40% of that? And he was like, they only want $30. And I was like, you know what? You keep it. So I'm a saint. But can you, can you like actually talk about Denison a little bit? What was your experience? Like, what was, Denison how was Granville? Uh, Denison Did you ever go to Aladdin? Yes, I went to Aladdin oh, for breakfast. That's my nephew's favorite breakfast. Yes, for breakfast. Um, <laughs> Denison is literally the most magical place on earth. It and is. every time I go back home to visit my family, I go there. I'm still very connected to the school. I'm wearing the class ring from it right now. Yes! Uh, I am trying desperately to get them to do my musical. <gasps> Which musical? I, ha I have a musical called Nothing to See Here that I wrote <gasps> with Lori Hockman. I was a part of that reading and it is actually incredible. The music is so good. The script is so well thought out. Can you briefly tell us the synopsis of that really quick? The premise of the show is about the Scopes Monkey Trial of 1925. When look that up. I'm kid I'm not kidding. Like it will, you will be baffled. It's insane how this happened. It is about the trial where 
the, the very first like nationally broadcast trial and it's about a school a public school teaching evolution to in its science classes and the state of Tennessee deemed that to be against the teaching of religion, against creationism, so they outlawed that teaching. Interesting. Yeah, and they thought it would just the, be a trial that would get like the town publicity, but then it was actually taken to a higher level, and he was found guilty. Oh, it's it's insane. It's so brilliant, and the music is so good. I was. I'm not kidding. Brian doesn't know this, and I'm about to be super embarrassed, but I was, like, crying sitting she in the was, chair. She told me. I was crying. It was so good and so touching and so relevant, I think, to today's society. And just such a visceral experience that I couldn't help it. It was incredible. It was incredible. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I'm not trying to be sweet. I'm a bitch. Remember that. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. The slur on bitch <laughs> is truly needs to be documented. I'm a bitch. Remember that. But you were so nice. It was. Do you have I any? Do show. you have any? Like, what? What is the process like coming up with that show? Do you have anything? Well, uh, uh, we were trying to figure out what we want to write about, and uh, Lori and I love historical fiction, and we just found that this particular instance was ripe for. A story, and it's already been adapted into several pieces of li- literature, plays, movies. Really, drunk history on <gasps> yeah, Comedy Central. Yeah, who uh, doesn't? But there's been no musical about it. I mean, it's a Pulitzer-winning play, and uh, the story is not necessarily like we we're not adapting from their story, but this this moment in history is so fucked up that we're like, this is the perfect. The perfect fodder for a musical. Yeah, I think it's also a, just a piece of theater or art that audiences will crave to see. N- everyone can see. I'm. You know what? I'm just gonna name it. Everyone can see pretty women if they want to. Everyone can see any other Devil Wears Prada. Any other thing that can be made into I can't a movie. Wait for the Devil Wears Prada. If they I'm want so sorry. to. But, like, the Scope Trial of 1925, that's a piece of history that not, I mean, at least for me, I did not, I was not aware of. And to see it, I was like, this is a piece of our history. This is truly incredible. Same thing with Hamilton, you know? Like, Hamilton was a national figure, and we were like, we're so excited to learn about him. Right. I feel like audiences are going to be super stoked to learn about this piece of our history, especially because... It's, I think, still, at least in my opinion, still relevant to this day and age. I, that, well, I mean, everybody says, why are you writing a show about the past right now? And we're like, well, it's because people are still arguing about ideological differences. Okay, Brian. Huh? So, we, this is important. This is very important because okay. we want to hype you up. Um, how can people follow you? You can go to my Instagram, at Brian Blasky. He's pouring Jamie's wine into his glass. You need to know because Jamie's slow. It's probably for the best because I'm a little like, (laughs) Yeah, right. She slurred earlier. I'm trying to be a professional. Whatever. We can follow Brian at... At Brian Blasky. Brian with a Y. Thank you so much. Uh, On Instagram and Twitter. And go to my website. How do you spell Blasky? B-L-A-S-K-I-E. Okay. Did you get all that? We'll tag him. And I just want to know, really quickly, as someone who writes and composes new works, what qualities do you look for in someone who you want to work with in one of your shows? Uh, Could you clarify the question? Is this in terms of a designer or an actor or uh, who? Um, Production staff or what? I guess I was acting as an actor because I'm selfish that way. But, I mean, you can answer in any term. Like, what do you look for in someone that you want to work with specifically? Like, is there something that you are like, oh, I'm drawn to that characteristic? Um, if I'm hiring the person, I like I definitely want to make sure that they're fun to be around. Um, and that I can, like, hang out. One of the important things with me and Manny is drinking. Love. Oh, I can hang. Right? How many rehearsals did Manny bring alcohol to? I made a joke once that I was like, oh, Manny's trying up with that beer. And Brian looked at me and was like, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm just making a joke. I'm just making a joke. But it's true, though. It was right? true. Um, 
So it's definitely somebody to like that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't we don't include people who don't drink, but um, definitely like socially that we get along. But also when it comes to actors, like I will definitely choose a performer who is willing to make choices and try different things over somebody who's like fun to be around. I need a performer who's going to go a thousand percent and just try something. Fucking try it. It may not work. It most likely won't work. You know what? I'm going to guarantee you it won't work, but at least you fucking tried it. And then we as a team can go, oh, you know what? You know what worked about that choice is this thing, and this inspires me to write this thing, and therefore it's going to feed your next choice. And that's what all you bitches that are number one on the non-ec list have to hear. I'm very emotional about this because I 100% believe in that. Just try, someone out there will make a choice and it might as well be you. Listen, this is what I tell all my students. Everybody can sing. There is somebody out there who can belt higher than you and there's somebody who can sing lower than you and there's somebody who's prettier than you and there's somebody who can dance better than you. And they're all going out for the same part. So what separates you? Right. Why is it that I'm going to go see a Kristen Wiig movie? Why is it that I'm going to go see Paul Rudd? It's because I like them as performers. It's not because they're the best whatever. You know, they're the they're just great because of how they think and the choices they make. It's brilliant. Can I ask you this question? Please. Um, why did you audition for Alien vs. Musical? So I saw that Alien vs. Musical had a submission on backstage. And I was like, this is a comedy. This sounds hilarious. I love comedy. And I think I'm just the right amount of satire that can bring... I think just... Really quickly, there's a fine line between ridiculous and reality. If you want to do satire, you have to have somebody who believes 100% that what they're saying is true to make it work into the script. And so I was like, I think that I can be that person. So I submitted for it and I got an appointment. And I had an appointment and I did a decent job because I got to bring in whatever I had in my book and I know that whatever I have in my book is what is good and they were like great come back with this audition side and I was like oh I only have like 24 hours to prepare the side it's not going to be that great damn it and so I went in and I did this side and I remember I fucked up the side to the beginning because it was a song and I was like, before we met, I bit, 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 You know what? I'm going to start <laughs> over. Please. I wasn't there for that. Because comment. I was coming less than 24 hours. I had a voice lesson that day. And I can't give up my voice lessons. They're $130 an hour. But, like, so I was like, okay. And so I started over. And I remember I nailed it. Also, I played Tracy in high school when I was 17. And that was the character I was going in for. So I was like, I know this character. I know what I need to do. I just need to, like, nail the song. And I played the song the way I thought. And the lyrics were ridiculous. But I was like, I'm going to do sing the lyrics like I have never believed in anything before. And I did it. And I remember the director was like, is it okay with you if we film this for a producer? And I was like... I guess. We Hi. definitely need to do the tea. Okay, so we're going to move into... That was loud. Well, I... I was about to tell you. I was about to tell you. I was about to tell you. I have a voice. He's a tenor. So our next segment, which is our favorite one, is... Tea time! Tea time. The segment where we read the tea that you... Sent it. We will always give our listener an anonymous name that we've made up ourselves so we don't completely throw you under the bus. Sarah. Sarah. Sir. Yes. Look at that accent, sir. Okay. Here we go. This T is from at back off. There's an exclamation point at the end of it. So that's how I assumed it was read. Thank Thank you. you. Okay. So I have some Boston Tea Party level stuff. That is like high tea right there. It is. Like that is such good tea that we're throwing it off of a boat. Yes. Right. The explanation is a bit long, so hang in there with me. Since day one of my current job, I've gotten along so well with everyone, especially one of my male 
co-workers. I really became close with him and his wife, who was also an incredible person. Well, after work one day recently, he texted me, which is fairly common, and asked if he could tell me something. I naively said sure. Mistake. He tells me that he finds me super attractive and sometimes can't keep himself from flirting with me. I was gagged. I thought it was weird for a married man to be saying that. I ended up making a polite comment and ending the combo. That's the way to go. A couple days later, he Snapchats me, which again is not unusual. His pictures and comments were very innocent at first and then made a swan dive into sexual territory. Are you surprised that no, a Snapchat say, went sexual? Happens. No. Yeah, right. That's Snapchat is the app for sexting. For sex- yes. For sexting. The, the, the premise of Snapchat was, I'm going to send you a picture that will go away in five seconds. Right. Snapchat- so if your children have Snapchat, they're sexting. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's totally. It. That's exactly what it is. Right. That's what it's for. He was asking me to tell him about sex toys I have, send him pics of me in lingerie, etc. I wanted to crawl out of my skin. I was so uncomfy. Like, dude, you have a whole ass wife. A whole ass wife. A wife. A whole ass wife. A whole ass wife. That's nice. Nasty. Yes. That's nasty. That's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. A Snapchat relationship is a sexual relationship. 100%. It is. Thank you so much, CJ. Except for except for me and Jamie do have a streak that we just send each other daily pictures every day, but it's not sexual. I don't understand because you live together. What do you send pictures of each other? We, we don't, don't live, live together. together. T. <laughs> We're just like I live in Washington Heights. And I live in Queens. We're just two souls of the same. Yeah, we're just the same person. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> seriously, where the fuck do you live? <laughs> Washington Heights. Like Manhattan. Like 181st. Who the fuck lives here? I do. (laughs) With? My two roommates. Where the fuck are they? Haley's working a double today. We work at the same place. I'm dead. And And Andy is working in Phoenix on Kinky Boots right now. He gets back on Tuesday. His sublet just left. We just do a podcast together. Yeah. I am thrown. I am... You thought we lived you together? You thought we lived together? Yes! I believe that you said this is my roommate, CJ. Oh, never. I don't think so. Anyway. Thrown. Okay. Under of us. Read, Here I am. Yeah, under his okay. eye. So Great, ready? read the last paragraph. <laughs> I kept reminding him of this because I was hoping I could influence him to stop being a fuckboy. P.S. Never gonna happen. Never. But he ignored everything and kept going, surprise! I eventually stopped responding because I couldn't take it anymore and you are a self-respecting person. I dealt with a lot of shitty men, but this is a whole new level. I'm beyond uncomfortable around him at work. Do you have any suggestions on how I should handle this tea? All right, Jamie. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so first of all, I want to take this opportunity to thank at back off exclamation point for writing in. We joke and laugh every week because some of y'all do some real dumb shit. But tea can sometimes be serious and we are truly very touched. You asked us for advice. Yeah, we'll take all tea. All tea. Good, bad, funny, and serious. And this one is very real. So we um, we would love to use this platform to help people as well as make them laugh and so i would just love jamie to hear your perspective on that from like a serious point of view like what do you what do you have to say about like what we just heard yeah um so i would love to speak to this tea as a woman who has dealt with sexual harassment in the past um it is so much easier to ignore the problem and act like it's not happening or pretend like it's a mistake because you want to give the harasser the benefit of the doubt for some reason but doing this actually benefits no one who's to say that in a couple months he won't move on and start sending inappropriate or unwelcome snaps or texts 
to other women regardless of him being married or not. And then you hear about it and you're left just there thinking if you had only been assertive and shut it down, would he still be doing this? Did I have the power to stop this? Et cetera, et cetera. From the tea that you sent, it sounds like he is just targeting you, but really who knows? But if you are enjoying your new job, don't let one confused man ruin it for you. Stay strong and tell him enough. Be direct and firm and don't beat around the bush. It really sucks that this is happening to someone who you considered a friend. And I'm sorry you're dealing with that. But now is the time to fight the good fight and stand up for yourself. And if he continues to be weird to you after you lay down the law, then you should let your direct supervisor know because sexual harassment is not a joke. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. And I, I just like want to personally say like, if, if anyone would like to offer words of support, encouragement, or thoughts on the matter, like, please feel free to like let us know um, specifically um, and then we'll let um, we'll let our friend know. Um, so you can email us at drinkwinespillity.com. Um, positivity, please. We would love that. I mean, yeah. Like, this is like a weird thing because like we don't really like talk about serious things a lot, but like that's super important. Basically, I just think that even though we don't have any wine in our glasses anymore, but I think that we should take a hypothetical drink. To people speaking the truth. CJ, we're not talking about you enough. Tell me about that nose ring. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Back to our scheduled programming. Our last segment is Cheers to the Millennial. Um, it's where we acknowledge a millennial that we think has done something outstanding. Whether it's good, bad, or completely stupid. Like so, so many of the choices we've made tonight. Yeah. Correct, correct. So, cheers to every college student who is halfway through the semester. We know you're cracked out on coffee, haven't slept in three months, have to write four papers by Friday, haven't been to the gym, but consider running to class late for exercise, and are probably pulling a C in the one class you actually care about. We see you, and we appreciate you. And we've been you. And I have graded you. I have. Do you want to see the spreadsheets? Yes. We'll be posting those. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. You might be lucky. So, Brian. What's up? Thank you. Oh. So much. Great. For gracing us with your presence in your Halloween costume. Thank you so much. What are you dressed up as? I am dressed up as a video game character called Mega Man. Ooh. He is my boy. I played all of his games. Please post everything. Um, my nephew calls him Meme. Oh, how old's your nephew? He just turned two. Oh, oh my god! He's the most adorable. My nephew dressed up as Ash Ketchum this year for Halloween. He's six. That's cute. That is fucking cute. He was Ash Ketchum. My niece was a Barbie. I'm assuming like some kind of mermaid Barbie, TBD. And then my other niece was a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) She's not two. And she's twenty (laughs) four. (laughs) <laughs> and my niece is actually And it's me. <laughs> my niece is Jamie Dylan Grossman. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but we do want to tell you that it's been a Wait, blast. Start that fucking shit over. That was terrible. <laughs> do it again. Like a human being would oh, say we those do things. Want to tell you. Say it again like a human being would say. Um, this has been a blast. Would you call it a blast-ski? I would call oh. it a blast. Um, oh, how dare of, you? How dare you? For those of you who haven't caught on, we will be dropping new episodes every other Wednesday. And until then, keep spilling your tea to us. You can contact us at drinkwinespilltea at gmail.com or follow us on our social media. Our Instagram is at drinkwine underscore spill tea and our Twitter is at drinkwinespilltea with the letter T, not the word. And don't forget to like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
Post about us in your Insta stories. We know you need the relevant content. And if you're feeling a little extra spicy, throw in a good review on all podcast platforms. Because honestly. And we're being honest here. We could really use it. At the end of this episode, after our playout theme, we'll be playing a snippet of one of Brian's original songs. Write in to us and let us know what you think. And if you're looking for a new audition song and you want the sheet music, it is available online at... AssistanceTheMusical.com Say it one more time. AssistanceTheMusical.com Spicy. You can also find some of Brian's other original songs on SoundCloud. Just look up Brian Blasky and you'll find them. You might also find a duet sung by a certain co-host of Drink Wine, Spill Tea, singing on one. So, enjoy Brian's original song, Perfect, from the off-Broadway musical Assistance, featuring Carrie Renee Fuller. Until next time, fans. Jingle out. Bitch. Bitch. Your work while-